today, we're going to look at the helmet of salvation. That's where we're at. And, um, but before we get there, I just felt like the Holy Spirit was just uh, sharing some things with me about um, stuff that, that he wanted me to share this morning, you know, with you. And so I want you to turn to the book of John, the book of John. And we're going to start with verse 1 in the book of John, guys. That's where we're going to go, and then we'll get back to the helmet of salvation. Um, one of the things that the Lord gave me was um, you can be in a valley, be struggling right now. Maybe it's because of something going on in your family. Maybe somebody is struggling with addiction. Maybe you're in the middle of a divorce. Um, maybe it's just financial pressure. I don't know. But you can be in the middle of a valley, your health or whatever. Hear me. Just don't end up building a permanent home there. God will get you out of the valley. Just give him time. Amen? And somebody needs to hear that this morning. Um, you know, we only have one life to live, and we need to choose life. And we need to live for Jesus. That's so important that we get that. So John chapter 9, looking at verse 1, as he passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, it was not this man's sin. It was not this man that sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. Come on now. How many times do we beat ourselves up because we've been put in certain circumstances and we think, what have I done? Or we judge. Man, we have so many Pharisees and Sadducees today and they judge people down just because they were born into something. Come on now. And, and Jesus is wanting you and I to understand whether it's the convoy of hope, whether it's the block party, whether it's getting ladies together. And by the way, ladies, if you need a second drink, you won't have to pay for it. <laughs> Angie and Shaloy will personally take care of that second one. We'll make sure that that's covered. And, uh, but anyway, all we're saying is, man, people are hurting all around us. Man, I haven't watched the news forever, and I feel so free. Nobody's giving me any new conspiracy theories. I feel free. I'm just focused on loving people, praying for them, and helping them. I mean, God puts people in your lives, amen, and battles go on. And so, you know, you never know what you're going through. When I was in high school, and I was playing baseball, and it got to the Colt world, the, the Colt uh the time to play Colt baseball, um, I was, it was my first year of Colt League. And I knew most of these guys on my team. And I played left field and catcher. And, and I pitched in Pony League, but your first year in, they're not going to really give you much of a shot to do that. And so anyway, but I love Jesus. And, and, you know, I didn't back down from my witness. I didn't push anything on anybody, but... I had a friend of mine, and he said, hey, I want to tell you something. This guy on your team who can throw the ball almost 90 miles an hour, he asked me when we play you guys to bean you. He wants you to get hit with a pitch. He doesn't like you. I said, really? 
And um, I said, that doesn't make any sense. He, I said, so are you going to bean me? He said, no, man, you're a friend. And when I would catch for him, you know, I'd give him the single fastball, curveball. He, he wouldn't do whatever. He always threw a really hard knuckleball. And when you're throwing a knuckleball 80-some miles an hour, and as a catcher, man, a knuckleball comes in like this. And, you know, and, and I'm like, what is up with this guy? I just kept doing what I was supposed to do. And then one time I, 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 I had given him a signal for a curveball, and he threw a real hard fastball, and it just jammed my thumb. I mean, in that catcher's mitt. And, uh, but I never said a word, just kept playing. And I thought, Lord, I don't know what it is about this guy or what's going on, but I just pray, Jesus, that he'll come to know you. Go on, finish out high school. My first year at Purdue, after my first year, I get a call, and it's this guy. Haven't seen him for a year and a half. He goes, hey, what are you doing, man? I want to hang out with you. And I'm like, I said, okay. So we meet up. We're talking. He goes, don't you go to church? I said, I do. And you're one of those Christians, aren't you? I said, I am. He said, could I go to church with you Sunday? I said, absolutely. So we met. I took him to church with me. That Sunday, they gave the altar call, and I looked at him, and I said, would you like to go receive Christ? He had tears in his eyes. He goes, absolutely. I said, I'll walk down with you. Went down there. He received Christ. He came from a Christian family, but his, da his dad was a hard line. No grace. And he hated Christians. He hated Christianity. And you see, I could have blown that witness by rising up against him when we were playing ball four or five years earlier. I could have blown that witness when he, he messed me up pitching, but I just never said anything. I just kept praying for him. And after my freshman year, going into my sophomore year of college, I got to be beside him as he received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Can I tell you, it doesn't matter who's persecuting you, who's coming against you, what they're saying, whether it's marriage, your children, your employer, a friend or whatever, just keep trusting Jesus. Don't let the devil disrupt the pattern and allow him to take you down a different road. Let's keep reading here. So then he goes on here. Who sinned? Him, his parents? Jesus says, no, no. This was for the kingdom. This is something God's going to do. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said these things, he spit on the ground and made mud with his saliva. Then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some said, is it he? Others said, no, but he is like him. He kept saying, I'm the man. So they said to him, then how were your eyes open? And he answered, 
The man called Jesus made mud and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. See, he has not even seen Jesus yet. He was before Jesus, but Jesus sends him off, and he goes and he obeys what Jesus told him to do, and all of a sudden his eyes are open. This man has been blind for 34 years. And he's been begging. Come on now. Has your trial gone on for 34 years? Have you been battling something such a long time? I believe this is a word for you this morning. Do not give up. Do not give up. Press in. Keep trusting God. And don't let the devil disrupt you by sending you a different direction. Because we're about to talk about the heaven helmet of salvation, and the devil sent Adam and Eve down a different road because they started believing his talk. And you see, the devil will use people. He'll use circumstances. He'll even attack your health. Verse 13, they brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day. When Jesus had made the mud and his eyes were open. Get on this now. This is so funny. The Pharisees are not happy that the man can see. Come on now. Religious people are not happy that you can see. They're more up that you didn't do it the way they wanted it done. It was on a Sabbath, so they're going to get caught up. Can I tell you, we've got too many people in the church. They want things done their way. They want it to follow their rules, but they're forgetting that more important to God is his love and mercy. He loves that over any doctrine. Amen. Come on now. I'm not against doctrine, but too many people, this is how it is, and this is the way it's going to be, and we are dead set. I'm telling you, his love and mercy is amazing. Amen. He can change but we get so indoctrinated and get so set. It's going to be this way or no way. You don't know. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't know. God's bigger than you. He can do things to blow you out of the water. He can do things to blow me. We just don't know what God is doing in this situation. Some of you have come today. Looking for the perfect church. Well, Church Alive is not it. You've come today looking for the perfect pastor and staff wives. They're close. You've come today looking for the perfect staff members and their pastor. They are perfect. Just kidding. Oh, some of you, oh, that just ticks me off when he does that. Suck it up, buttercup. God, there's not a perfect church. There's not perfect. They're going to let you down. Hello? They're going to let you down. Things are not always going to go the way you think they should. Hello? Get over it. We get older and we get so set in our ways. And here are these Pharisees and these Sadducees, and they are hammering this guy. Let's keep reading here. Verse 15. So the Pharisees again asked him how he had received his sight. And he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, and I washed, and I see. 
Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God. <laughs> you ever had people, man, when God blesses you, they just can't stand you anymore? Come on now. The Lord starts pouring things in. Some of you, I've named your name around people, and they're like, oh, no, not him. I can't stand him. I said, man, Jesus has radically changed him. Not him. <laughs> or her. Come on now. They get so jealous. They get so caught up in their flesh. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him? Since he has opened your eyes, he said, now, I'm not touching a thing up here, brother, but it's ringing. Some of the this man is not from God. Let's go on. Verse 17. So they said again to the blind man, what do you say about him since he has opened your eyes? He said, he is a prophet. The Jews did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called his parents in the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, is this your son? Come on now. Now you got to get the family in on it. He's been begging blind for 34 years, but they're not going to. That's how staunch some people are about what they believe. Come on now. I'm trying to shake some stuff off some people this morning. Let go. Let God do what God wants to do in you, in others, but especially in you. Your hard-heartedness, your bias, your complaining, your, oh, my goodness. Your hard-heartedness is leaving you incompetent to do the things of the kingdom. Mm. Let's keep reading here. Is this your son who was born blind? How, then how does he now see? Now, his parents, they're thinking these people are powerful. They're religious people. We're not talking government here. We're talking religious people. You see, religious people can be just as bad as the government. We know that this is our son, that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. Come on now. He will speak for himself. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews. Isn't that sad? They feared these people that were so judgmental. So judgmental. I go back and I remember the little old lady in the church at assembly and, and uh, that Sunday morning when these two gals were invited to church and their skirts were really high and they were all dressed up and they were invited as first-time visitors, and that little old lady walked up to them, and she looked at them their first time on a Sunday morning, and she said, you two look like prostitutes. Come on, people. We're here to reach out and love anybody, amen? amen. And that blew those girls out of the water. I'm not even sure they stayed for service. And I was ticked. And I caught that woman, and I let her know she was never to do that again. 
I don't care what generation she came out of. I saw a young man wearing a hat, and an usher went up to him and crunched the hat off his head, curled it up, threw it on the floor, and said, if you're coming to this church, you're going to wear a hat. You're not going to wear a hat. What that usher did not know is that that mom had been praying for 10 years for that boy to finally come to church. That was his first Sunday morning to come to church, and that's how he was greeted. That will not happen at Church Alive, I promise you. That mama was standing there bawling her eyes out because that boy was ready to walk out. All because we hung on tradition. Let me keep reading verse 22. His parents said these things because they feared the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone should confess Jesus to be Christ, he was to be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So for the second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, whether he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, I now see. And they said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Ooh, come on now. I was once blind, but now I see. Do you want to know him? Come on. So good. And they reviled him saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. Come on now. Let's hang on to the old stuff. If we could just do a bunch more hymns, we think the anointing would fall in a greater way. Let me help you out, folks. Most of the hymns were about God. The songs, most of the songs we sing today are to God. There's a big difference right there. Come on now. I'm not against that stuff. I grew up in it. But when that becomes religion to you and you get so staunch in what you're standing on, you better back up because you're becoming a Pharisee or a Sadducee and you're not ready for something new that God wants to do. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, let Jesus be new to you. Verse 29. We know that God has spoken to Moses but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. The man answered, why? This is an amazing thing. You do not know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. Oh, I love this story. You don't know where he comes from, but, man, he is doing some miracles. After 34 years, if you were blind, would you not be on fire? Come on. And you think you're little men when you have the flu for three days, and you think... Life is falling apart, and your wife's not compassionate enough because you can't handle the pain. Come on, 34 years? We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has 
it being heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. Oh, I love that. Ever since the earth, the earth was created, nowhere has it been said or done that God opened up the eyes of the God is doing a new thing. Amen. You know, he's doing it. God is doing a new thing. Oh, wait, DC talk a long time ago. That was a hymn back in my day. That was a hymn. <laughs> if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born in utter sin. And would you teach us? And they cast him out. Come on now. How many churches today, religious people are casting things out or casting themselves out because they're not willing to yield to God, to the Holy Spirit? And I love this part. Jesus, verse 35, when Jesus does a miracle, then he sees the persecution for the goodness that he's done on the person he did it to. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I might believe in him? And Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. Come on now. Woo! Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? It is he who did this and who is standing in front of you right now. The greatest thing we can do for people is let them know Jesus loves them and lead them to Christ. Oh, you can get you can get caught up in all that other stuff, and you can tell me if you don't have this and if you don't do this and if you don't go here and if you don't do that. Can I tell you something? You're going to be shocked in heaven because there's going to be people that are going to be there that are going to blow you away, and when they get there and they see you there, you're going to blow them away. He said in verse 38, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. Come on now. And Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world that those who do not see may see, and those who may see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, are we so blind? And Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no guilt. Ooh, but now you say we see your guilt remains. Lord, we just pray this morning as we look at the helmet of salvation. God, that word there was for somebody this morning that's feeling like they have been so set aside, so they've isolated themselves, and God, they just don't believe you care. You're telling them you care this morning. No matter what they've walked through, what they've been judged with, no matter what they've done, you are a forgiver of sin, and you are a lover of a soul. And we thank you, Jesus, for your mercy and grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Go with me to Ephesians 6 real quick. Ephesians 6. On your outline there, 617, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We've gone through all these different things. Salvation is so important. I always hear somebody like Joyce Myers binding those mind-binding spirits. I believe there's a lot of truth in that. We get all these things shot into our brain, thoughts that we're not supposed to be dwelling upon, things that we're not supposed to be dwelling upon. 
I'm telling you, if you're addicted to social media, you're in trouble. You're going to have a hard time staying focused on Jesus. Well, I'm not addicted. Well, why don't you check your account and see how many hours a day or a week you're watching it? Then I want you to compare that with the time you spend with God in the Word and praying, okay? Just challenge. Check it out. Because some of you don't think you're doing it that much, and then you're looking and you say, oh, my gosh, I spent three hours today. Hmm. 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. For we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world, and he, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith, who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? Our faith in Christ, oh my goodness, but we have to have the Word of God. We've already talked about that. We have to have faith in Christ. The helmet is a great piece of equipment on the Roman soldier. Beautiful, can have feathers on it, really shines up in parades as they would march. You can see it in battles. But it was protecting their head. We need salvation and understand our identity in Christ in order to walk out Christ. And when your sin is forgiven as far as the east is from the west, it's forever forgiven. I want, I want some folks to be honest with me. I want to see how many hands go up. I'm not going to ask you about your sin, but you're going to be honest and say, I really battle things that God has forgiven me of in my past, but it seems to get rehearsed or brought up once in a while, and I really struggle. Let me see your hand. Come on, be honest. There should be a lot of hands. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. That's why you need to be in school kingdom ministry and understand what is under the blood. Listen to this. When you receive Christ and you ask Christ to forgive you of your sins, whatever you've done in the past is gone forever. Forever, when the devil tries to bring it up or you try to bring it, you just need to say, no, that's under the blood. It's not. The Father sees you through the blood of Christ, and you know what? You are perfect in his eyes. You're his favorite. I'm his most favorite. Come on, that's the way you should feel. You should feel, I feel like I am, oh, he loves me so much. When I look in the mirror, I'm not looking at all, I don't see all the flaws. I just say, man, I'm a reflection of Christ. That's not arrogance or pride. That is the truth. Wherever I go, I want to be Jesus to the people around me. Man, I had a group come in to see me, and I had a captive audience. And they wanted to interview me and talk with me for an hour and a half, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. I'm going to tell them about Jesus. And I started telling them all about Jesus and things God had done in my life. And the one lady in the middle between the guy and the other guy, she's like, I got goosebumps. Oh, my gosh, what's going on? I said, that's Jesus. <laughs> then they got ready to go. I said, stop. What else? 
I want to pray with you. Okay. Nobody's ever prayed with us before. It's a new day for you. And you know what? They're coming back tomorrow. (laughs) They're going to get an opportunity. (laughs) Captive audience. Come on, that's the way you need to look at things. Think about it in spiritual eyes. What is it God's wanting you to do? Who does he keep bringing into your, well, that pesky neighbor, he just drives me nuts. No, that's your, that's that future blind man whose eyes are going to be open. Come on now. Well, they hate our dogs. Well, I'd hate your dogs too, but that's okay. God's going to. God's using that stirring up to get them where you and them can have. I was talking to a brother who attends our church, and he wanted me to go see his backyard. His wife wanted me to go see his backyard. And she said, I don't even go out there. I asked him, how's the neighbors feel about that behind you? Well, I helped them build a fence, a chain link fence, but I, I've taken them food. There you go. Just going to love on them. Help them out. Go over there and mow their yard. Come on now. Love on them. Some of you are so rigid. Well, they're not coming over here. I'll catch them staring over here, man. I'll just put up my fence 10 foot high. Get the fence down. Get the fence down and just love on them. Take them something. Bless them. Walk over and give them a gift card. My wife and I, we think you guys are such great neighbors. We just wanted to give you this gift card to a local restaurant. They'll be like, should you be talking to the neighbor on the other side because you don't know how much we don't, we don't like you. Come on. Be Jesus to them. Our salvation is Magnificent. It's for everybody to notice. You see, the early church was all about preaching the truth of God's word. And they were all about doing the sacraments and making sure that we were saying and doing the right things, getting people baptized in water, allowing communion to take place, letting people know that the truth of God's word matters the most. And above all else, leading people to Jesus is the most important thing. And then let him mature them. Too many of us are trying to grow people faster than they're willing to grow. We can instruct. We can allow them to watch our example. But it's going to be in God's timing. Because there are some that don't get off milk, so don't let it frustrate you. There are some that come into church, and they're just on their phone the whole time. Even right now, they're like, and he's got six minutes. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it, because we're supposed to be out of here at 1130. And, uh, you know, and... And Fred's texting me, and Sally's wanting to know if we're going to do this with the family, you know. Turn that thing off. Give yourself a break. We're driven by this stuff. Instead of being led by the Spirit, come on. So point number one is this. What road are you walking? Pastor Adam, come up here real quick. He doesn't know this. He's my Roman soldier. Okay, suck it up, buttercup. Just stand really straight. No. 
I had been struggling with a really bad sore throat. And I had a person call me, a relative, and ask if one of us would go up there. And I, I said, well, they're in dire straits and I don't need to be around them. So I'm going to send Pastor Adam up. I want you to, you don't have to name a name here, but I want you to tell them what road you took them on. And if you need help. I just, I took them on the Roman road. It's, if you've ever, if you ever need to witness to somebody and you're not sure what to say, you just, you, you can start with, uh, it's listed actually right there in your, and that's what I did. I just said, look, we've all, actually I started with 323 is where I started. I said, look, we're all sinners. We've all messed up. This person didn't know the Lord or they were, had been exposed. They knew about God. They, they know this guy, so they, they, know, they know about God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's, it was, but they didn't know God. Do you know there's a difference? See, that's the thing. The Bible's a wonderful thing, but the Bible teaches us about God. You can know this and not know him. Come on, somebody. So I just, but I reminded them of what God's word says, because God says his word won't come back void. So if we speak it out, it's going to bear some fruit. So I'll just read it. Sure, I just, uh, I just, I shouldn't have to look because I, I didn't have to, didn't have it then. <laughs> I just, but I just said, look, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. There's nobody righteous. Everybody's made mistakes, and sin is what separates us from God. And the wages of that sin is death. It's eternal separation from God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Right now I'm on five eight, and I'm getting and. and uh, then I just took them over. My favorite one is Romans 10, 9, and 10. And I said, look, you don't have to be in a church. You don't have to be in a she, And she asked me, can I just say, she said to me, a lot of people have a, a feeling or whatever. Should I? Is that okay to share that too? And I just said, I said, listen, you don't go on whether you feel anything. Feelings come and go. Yes, God's a God of our emotions. Amen. And you might have a feeling. I had an incredible experience when I first came to the Lord when I was a little kid. And again, when I rededicated my life, I had an incredible experience. Not everybody has that. I said, you need to trust the facts. I said, the facts are the engine of the train. This is the way I learned it. The facts are the engine of the train. Faith is what powers the train. And the caboose is your feelings. If you get them, great. But you don't got to have that to operate. I said, listen, it doesn't matter what you feel. It's what the God, word of God says. And I said, Romans 10, 9 and 10. This was my, the end of the Roman road for me always is. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. End of sentence. You don't have to go down to the altar. You don't have to get baptized. You don't have to do. Yes, you should get baptized later, but that's another deal, right? So, but that is the Roman road. It's so easy to use that to talk to somebody about Jesus. And I just said, do you want to just pray with me right now? And she said, yeah, I'll pray with you. So we prayed. And it's a simple thing. And, and when you pray, if you don't pray well, here's all you got to say. Lord, you just, and I did say this to her before we prayed. I said, I need to hear you say this. Say, Jesus is Lord. And she did. I said, okay, good enough. That's what it says, right? I needed to hear that. And so then we prayed. And all I prayed was just, Lord, you've heard this prayer. You've, you've heard us talk. You've been here all this time while we're talking. And so, Lord, we just agree with that. And she has received you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. That's uh, But I knew Adam. I told him, make sure she knows the Lord. Because she's battling cirrhosis of the liver. 
and she's in hospice. <sighs> and now my cousin's going to be in heaven with her dad, who I led to the Lord years before. And you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. And you can walk them down that Romans road and lead them to Jesus. You can touch the blind man. And they can get healed, but you can let them know who is the healer, not you. tried Budgie's cheeseburger. I rate it really high. But I took my grandkids there the other day and we were getting ice cream and there was a gal there and she had three little ones and she was trying to help them. And and as we sat down, she struck up a conversation with my daughter because she heard us call the youngest Eve and she goes, well, my, my youngest is Eva. And we talked and laughed and watched the kids. And I could tell she didn't have much. And she looked really rough. And I thought about the woman at the well. So I walked over to her and I handed her some money. I said, you don't know me. But I used to come up here as a kid all the time, ride my bike. And I want you to bring these kids back. And she just looked at me and she was just dumbfounded. And I said, because people care. And so does God. She goes, thank you so much. seed was planted and you never know what God's going to do with that. We are so stinking busy judging others, condemning like the devil. I'll finish this up next week and we'll finish up the sword of the spirit and how to use the word and rave it out and speak it out. But I just His mercy needs to be shared and his love with others. And then we need to put it in action by our fruit and what we say and do. I don't have it all together. I miss it. I miss it the other day. I was driving on down and the Lord said, did you, did you not even think to pray with them and tell them how much I love them? And I'm like, oh man, God. My mind was on this other stuff. I am so sorry. Don't let me do that. Because time is short and people are hurting. And salvation is us being alike. We represent him. Let us make them in his. Let us make them in our image. We are the representation of Jesus to all those people out there. 
That's what the helmet of salvation is all about. We receive him because they fell into the curse. They believed the lies of the devil. They listened to his words. Don't eat of the tree. And Luke talks about in Luke 6, the fruit of the tree. We've been grafted in. We were robbed because of sin nature that came in. And Jesus came and they had the law and they were trying to make themselves better by doing the outside stuff and sacrificing. But only Jesus could come in and take care of the inside sinful nature by his death and his resurrection. So when we receive him, we receive real salvation because he starts it from within to give us a clean heart. Stand with me this morning. enough of God his word his love and when I have my days we all do but I push through the valley because I know another mountaintop's coming with your heads bowed this morning he loves you so much. It's not an accident you were here this morning. Man, as a teenager, going into my senior year, I would weep. I'm like, God, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. I don't know who I'm supposed to be. I don't know my gifts or talents. What am I supposed to do in this world? And I wept at times when nobody knew about it because I was struggling. But God put people in my life to help direct me in subtle ways. I remember a guy named Gary Bowen. He said, you just need to memorize scripture. So I got the topical Bible. I actually had it, and I started memorizing more and more scripture. And it's amazing how God started speaking to me about my direction that he had for me. That's what he wants to do. He loves you so much. You could be David in a shepherd field, isolated from everybody. Nobody knows you're out there. You're the youngest. The father doesn't even think about bringing you in because you're kind of a castaway to him. And Samuel says, is there anybody else? I, I looked at Elab, he's tall, he's handsome. I'm thinking he should be the guy. No, Abinadab, maybe it's him. No, Shema, no, no, no. Where, where's the king? Go get the boy, we'll wait. Bring the other one in. He's ruddy, he's small. He, he doesn't have his father's heart. But you know what? God said, you had your Saul, you appointed him, but I want this young man to be my king because he has the heart that I can work with. Can I tell you, you may not be the most gifted person. You may not be the best looking person. You may be too tall or too short. I don't know. All I know is if you have the heart for God, he can move mountains with you. Just give him your heart. So bow your heads this morning. Maybe you're here and you say, oh, and you read that story 34 years in darkness, this blind man. I've screwed my life up. I've done so many bad things. Can I tell you, Jesus says, but I see your heart. I see what you could become. If you don't know Jesus, you'd like to receive him as your Lord and Savior. Nobody looking around. Christians are praying right now. If you're watching by live stream, would you just lift your hand and say, that's me this morning. Just lift it up high. I, I just want to pray for you. You can take it back down. 
Just lift it up high. Don't want to miss anybody. Don't want to miss anybody. Yes. Anybody else, just lift it up. I want to receive Christ. At one time I was serving him, but I'm not. I want to get back to where I should be. Come on, just lift it up and take it back down. Anybody else, I just want to pray for you. Yes. Yes. I know there's others. I just want to get back to serving Jesus. Yes. I saw that little hand that was so cute. Anybody else, pray for me. I want to receive Christ. Come as a child. Holy Spirit, there's somebody else here. Let them lift their hand because what they're saying is now's my time. I'm going to let you make a difference. With heads bowed, anybody else, just lift it up and take it back down. I'm not going to make you come forward. Just say, I want to receive Christ. Just take it up and put it back down. Yes, yes. Don't want to miss you. Anybody else, I want to receive Christ. Come on. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness, Lord. I knew you were speaking to that boy. Woo! Anybody else? That's why you had me love on him this morning. Yes, I see that hand. God, you are so good. You see, we can wait a little bit because God, the, the kingdom of heaven is rejoicing right now, man. Woo! The devil's getting kicked in the teeth because Jesus is opening up some blind eyes. And religious people, they're like, I need to get to the restaurant. I need to get home. But God's saying, come on, man. Anybody else? I want to receive Christ. I want everybody here to pray this prayer. And if you, if you lifted your hand or you didn't, I'm going to have Pastor Taylor up here on my left after the service. If you don't have a Bible or you want somebody to talk to, we got some great stuff that will help you grow. He'll get it for you. But I'm going to pray. And if live stream this week, this month you're watching, you can receive Christ. Everybody say this out loud. Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. For me, you died. Say that again. For me, you died. Forgive me my sins. Be Lord of my life. Give me a hunger to grow in you, to know your word, to fellowship with believers, and to be walking your path daily. I'll still screw up, but you're going to help me get better. In Jesus' name. So Lord, bless them, help them, touch them. And Lord, I just pray, take them deeper in you. Root them, God, to produce good fruit. I pray a blessing over all these folks that are here this morning. Allow them to go make a difference. As you're leaving this morning, Great Harvest had a lot of good extra stuff. I want you to take it out of the church with you and eat it. Eat it outside the church. And then next Sunday is Father's Day. We have special gifts for dads. Dads, don't go play golf. Come here first. A powerful message that we're going to be sharing. But not only that. Lead the way with your family. And I know Jesus loves you also. God bless you. Have a great week of the Lord.